0: Postseason bound.
1: My plan is to get ready to roll. All we have guaranteed is, you know, this week. So, um, once again, just staying in the moment and taking care of what I got to take care of now.
2: Oh, the playoffs are here, folks. They are here. Welcome to TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Wild card time, baby. Wild card. Oh, man. This is... This is the march to the Super Bowl. This is what everything from the preseason, the training camp, to the grind of the regular season, this is what it's all about. I'm Andy McNamara. Cannot wait to tee up the four matchups. We're going to have full predictions for all four wildcard games. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and then we rock and roll after that. Going to have our poll question delivered by Domino's Pizza. And by the way, folks, for the big games this weekend... Go get yourself some Domino's. Large four-topping pizza, just $12.99. Get some side dishes with it. Invite the friends over, whatever. Cheesy bread, marbled cookie, brownie for dessert, boneless pasta, or boneless chicken, pasta, side everything you want. Domino's.ca. Check it out there. Great show for you. So we're going to go over full predictions, game picks, and break every single game down. But also it's 2019. Happy New Year by the way everyone. Hope you had a safe and happy holiday season. That's done with and it's playoff time. But I wanted to give out some fantasy football awards. Went back to our guy, ESPN fantasy football analyst Mike Clay. He's going to stop by and we're also going to go over some projections for 2019. Who to look for when you're drafting next year in your fantasy football league. And also it's The college football, the national championship, Alabama versus Clemson on Monday night. So we're going to dip in with ESPN college football insider Phil Steele. This guy literally watches every snap of every college football bowl game. He's a better man than I am. But we're going to talk about the national championship, some betting odds there, but also which draft prospects, not just in that game, but overall, should we be looking at coming up? Because before we know it, it's going to be draft time. All right, and then we're going to be rocking and rolling then, too, and getting ready for another offseason. But a long way to go before that. Let's kick it all off with some news and notes around the NFL. Three and out. Let's go. First down. And this first topic doesn't have anything to do with the games on the field, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, the dysfunction, and Antonio Brown saga continues. Started last Sunday. ESPN's Marcus Spears feels that... Pro Bowl wide receiver Antonio Brown is totally done with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's out. Adam Schefter also joined the conversation.
3: You're dealing with a polarizing figure in Antonio Brown. Antonio has done some things very wrong here. Now, the one, look, everybody talks about him leaving his team and exiting the stadium. That is, that, remember I told you about codes yeah. with teams? Sure. That's an ultimate code breaker. Right. If you don't communicate that, at least with some of your guys and to you just let down your teammates and, and just walk out on your team. So I don't know what pushes you to that point. We had an injury manifesto, or whatever. Here's the deal, man. Antonio Brown is done with the Steelers, just like I told you about Le'Veon Bell. He's done with the Steelers and he is burning down every possible bridge he can on his exit out. That's what he's doing. If you look at everything don't he's that doing. I know he's
0: doing that knowingly, but I think he doesn't care. I think he's done with them, they're done with him and they both sides move on in the offseason.
3: Chef, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not going to not give Antonio Brown that much credit. To not know he is burning bridges with the Steelers. Think about it, Chef. Like, you and I talk, we sit in the green room. Greeny, I came in and asked you a question yeah. about the, the quote that he made the free will, the ability to make the decision like I telling. wanna make, all of that, right? So, th- there is something personally going on, for sure. But when you look at what he's done, like, in these last days of I think what his time would be in, the, in Pittsburgh. He is trying to kill Pittsburgh to himself. He's trying to get rid of them.
2: Yeah, how about that? Le'Veon Bell gone. Antonio Brown wants out. And part of the conversation, a weird thing the Steelers do, is they have the team, the teammates, select their MVP, not the press, uh, which is done in, in many franchises. The press will pick their team MVP, and that'll be kind of the team award. But the team picks it. So when you get guys like egos the size of Antonio Brown and his underling, really, Juju Smith-Schuster, wins the award. That rubbed him the wrong way. That was part of it. Arguing on and off with Ben Roethlisberger, who's a drama queen. So, Antonio Brown possibly out of Pittsburgh. Could he be traded? That's going to be an off-season storyline to follow. That's wild. Let's move on. Second down, And this has got to be my favorite storyline going into the playoffs. The Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles, the magic again, right? When he came in the same week versus the same opponent as a year ago for Carson Wentz and took Philly on that magical run. Now this year, the team's not as talented. They got more injuries. They've had attrition, but they still won. They're still winning. They've been in playoff mode. They look dead and gone, and Nick Foles brought them back, including a 400-plus-yard performance. Can they do it again? Well, ESPN's Max Kellerman, he was asked the question, if Nick Foles wins another playoff game and advances past the Bears, is there a quarterback controversy in Philly?
0: Yes, there is. And I'm not saying what side of the controversy I'm on. But to deny that there's a quarterback controversy is ridiculous. Guys, the Eagles, for whatever reason, and maybe it's because Carson Wentz, it's the curse of the gifted. He can do so many things. Maybe Peterson gets in his own way uh, in in terms of, like, the kind of stuff they're trying to do. And they simplify it for Foles. Uh, But, you know, you saw the RPOs work with Chip Kelly with Nick Foles. They brought it back last year at work with Nick Foles to the tune of a Super Bowl. They were dead in the water. Nick Foles takes over under center or takes over at quarterback. And now they're in the playoffs. And you mean to tell me that if Nick Foles, because if he wins one playoff game right now, that's already like a little playoff run. And he winds up four and one lifetime in the playoffs for the Eagles. You mean to tell me that Carson Wentz, who is injury prone, who has never won a playoff game for the Eagles. You mean to tell me that Nick Foles, is it not at least causing a controversy? Guys, what I just mentioned about the strategy and the results and everything ignores the fact that Nick Foles also has something about him that seems to, Stephen A., as you would say, galvanize the team. He seems to uplift them. They seem to click as a unit. And that's maybe part of his personality too. There will absolutely be a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia. If Nick Foles beats the Bears, the under the sleeper team that everyone, the sexy sleeper team pick to win the Super Bowl now. Yes, there will be a quarterback controversy. I
4: don't believe so. And the reason I don't believe so is because I think everybody knows that the, the mind's eye shows you that Carson Wentz is a better quarterback when healthy. So the question is, if Carson Wentz were healthy. Do you believe that he would be incapable of doing what you see Nick Foles doing? That answer would be no. We have to remember that Nick Foles started the first two games of this season in the NFL. This particular season coming off the Super Bowl win. They were one and one. They beat the Atlanta Falcons to open the season. And then after that, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and, and during that game. And then after that, you know, he came back when Carson Wentz went down again and you know, basically helped the, the Eagles should cure the last three wins, or whatever. But the, the the issue is Carson Wentz' health, and that's the only thing that will create controversy. How much Nick Foles is going to be thirty? He's only twenty nine. How much faith should we have in in Carson Wentz if Carson Wentz is going to continue to get hurt? That's it. In terms of ability, you don't see Nick Foles doing the things that Carson Wentz does.
2: This. I can't wait for this matchup. This is the Sunday 4.40 p.m. main event, and we're going to have that on TSN 1050, on TSN 1150 uh, here this weekend. And the Bears, six-and-a-half-point favorites. We're going to get into these picks. Every game we're going to break down, and we're going to give our predictions, and you can let us know your predictions at AndyMC81 on Twitter, at TSN4Downs. But if Nick Foles, Nick Foles wins, if the Eagles somehow, some way pull it off, oh my, watch out. Let's move on third down. Another real intriguing matchup. This is, this is a pick to me. You have the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Both teams, again, with mid-season slumps. Looked like they might miss the playoffs. Each came back. Each made the postseason. So, with the Seahawks' run defense being middle of the pack, is the Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott in line for an even heavier workload than usual? NFL analyst and Cowboys Hall of Famer wide receiver Michael Irvin weighs in on that and that Dallas-Seattle matchup with SportsCenter's Carol Wagland
1: the Cowboys, if they have any chance of winning any game, it's all on Zeke's shoulders. So I'm expecting Zeke to play very well. And, 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 and the Seahawks, they are a different football game on the road than they are at home. So you'll get those chances. They don't get that jump on your offensive line on the road like they do at home. So that should give Dallas's offensive line an opportunity to lock on to them and give Zeke some running lanes. But their real issue the Cowboys' real issue will be with Russell Wilson and trying to maintain and contain Russell Wilson. He gives a problem to everybody that the Seahawks plays against.
0: So, do you think that Dak Prescott can outduel Russell Wilson?
1: I hope Dak Prescott does not make it his business to outduel Russell Wilson. Just make it his business to move that offense and score a touchdown. However, you have to do it. Now, I don't want you getting into an arm match with Russell Wilson, but maybe get into one of those using your whole body matches with Russell Wilson. Be able to run the ball, use some run options, uh, make the right throws, make the right decisions, because Russell Wilson is great at making the right decisions not making bad bad mistakes at the wrong time. So in that sense, he will have to outdo Russell Wilson.
0: How far exactly, Michael, do you think the Cowboys can go this season?
1: The NFC playoffs, I think, is wide open. As a matter of fact, the whole playoff is wide open. Any team in the playoffs right now can end up in Atlanta in a Super Bowl, Carol, and I think that's what makes this one so great. Everybody's going to be interested because it's not basketball. It's only one win and you are in. You keep win, keep moving if you get the win. And 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 any team can beat any team. Now for the Cowboys, if you ask me personally, the only team I don't want them to see right now are, are the Los Angeles Rams. I think that's the team that'll give them the most problems. But outside of that, I think this thing is wide open and that makes it fun for all of us that are watching.
2: And I think when you look at this whole wild card weekend, it's all wide open. All of it is completely wide open. Because the biggest spread, as we said, is that the Bears Eagles matchup at six and a half. Everything else is less than three. Vegas doesn't know, folks. Vegas isn't sure. All of them are a pick 'em. If Vegas doesn't know, it's gonna be close. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's punt to the poll question here, and you can vote at TSN4Downs, at AndyMC81 on Twitter, delivered by Domino's. Our poll question is, as the teams are built right now, I'm not talking all time, I'm talking how the teams are today. Right now, which quarterback do you trust most to take you on an NFL playoffs run to the Super Bowl this year? Not all time, how the quarterbacks are playing, how their teams are built right now. Which quarterback do you trust most for an extended playoff Push. Is it the Kansas City Chiefs, Pat Mahomes? Tom Brady, is he going to come back? Tommy Terrific. Huh? It's been a down year. You know when his back is up against the wall, though. That's when he plays best. Is it Tom Brady? How about Drew Brees? Home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They're playing at home. That's where they're most dangerous. Or Phil Rivers of the L.A. Chargers. And if you have your own, you can tweet in at andymc81 at tsn4downs. Our choices, though, Mahomes, Brady, Brees, and Rivers. To me, if I'm looking at how the team's built, and the situation that they have through the playoffs. If the Saints had to go on the road, I would bet against them. But they don't. They get to play at home. That's where they're most dangerous. That's where they're most effective in that dome. So I'm going Drew Breeze. Give me Breeze. Almost 40. I'm taking Breeze. Producer Sean Lavery. Shani, how you voting? I'm going to say that you are correct in saying Drew Brees
5: is probably the safest pick of our options. But... Uh, I have to go with Patrick Mahomes. He's likely the MVP favorite this year. 50 touchdowns in his first full season as a starter. So it's hard to argue with Pat Mahomes and the skill that he has. Sure, his team might have some questions on defense and, and at running
2: back perhaps. But an MVP favorite, you have to go with that. Going with Pat Mahomes, we want to hear your choice. And we'll get into those picks a little bit later on at TSN4Downs, at Andy mc 81 on Twitter. Which quarterback do you trust most to take you to the Super Bowl? We're going to step aside and come back with our Fantasy Football Awards for 2018, projections to 2019, and look ahead to some picks for the playoffs with ESPN Fantasy Football Analyst extraordinaire Mike Clay. That's next on TSN 4 Downs. We're rolling along here on TSN 4 Downs NFL Wild Card Weekend. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton, we are delivered by Domino's. How about Piece of the Pie Rewards Program, people? All you do, it's free to join. Just go to Domino's.ca, click above, you'll see it on the right-hand side. And what happens is you sign up, and every time you order a pizza online that is $10 or more, or any product, anything $10 or more, you get 10 points. And 60 points, you get free pizza. Check it out, Domino's.ca. perfect football Food. All right, the fantasy football regular season is in the book, so we want to look to award some projections for 2019 and even some value plays for some DFS contests this week. Friend of show, welcome back to ESPN fantasy analyst Mike Clay. Mike, how's it going, man?
6: Uh, it's going all right, a little under the weather, but uh, get, feeling a little better just in time for the playoff games today. So perfect timing. The uh, football guy, uh, football guys are on my side. I think
2: <laughs> you are grinding through just like these teams. So we appreciate you taking the time there, Mike. I want to start before we get to the awards. You tweeted out at Mike Clay NFL, and I thought this was a a fascinating tweet. Uh, so check it out at Mike Clay NFL. You tweeted out, interesting graphic here on staying power of number one fantasy quarterbacks. We have not had a repeat QB1 since 2004. Dante Culpepper, even recent QBs who have dominated like Mahomes did, have fallen off the following season. And you list the chart, and it's remarkable to think that, yeah, no one has repeated. So if we're looking ahead to 2019, where everyone's going to be falling over themselves to get Pat Mahomes, which is still probably going to be a smart bet, is there a strategy you have or a thought process of, of who to to take with this pattern in place?
6: Well, I think the message here is that uh, quarterbacks can't sustain elite production over, well, let's say, 32 games, right? Two full regular seasons. They tend to, whether it's injury or just returning to earth, you you can think about all of the variables that come into play. Maybe injuries around them on the depth chart, on the offensive line. Uh, Defense is figuring out the quarterback and the offense. There's a lot of variables in play. We know that in the NFL. So the message here is just uh don't take a quarterback in the first round of your draft or perhaps hmm. even the second round or the third round. It's just a matter of not passing on stars at quarterback and uh or excuse me at, at running back, receiver, tight end, the elite tight ends. There's just so many options, especially if you're gonna see this next season in the second and third round. Guys like Julio Jones and Odell Beckham and the Steelers receivers and Kittle Ertz and Kelsey. There's gonna be so many options. And to take Mahomes over them. History says it's just not going to be a smart investment. But listen, I'm still going to have Mahomes as my number one quarterback. I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> you know, the guy was so good. Um, but nonetheless, I think, again, the point was just not to, not to spend too early of a draft pick on a quarterback.
2: Yeah, even if he falls off a bit, you're probably still going to be all right with, with Pat Mahomes there. Okay, Mike, so now. It's twenty nineteen, it's a new year. Let's let's get some awards music going here for our fantasy football. There we go. Hey now, everybody. Welcome, to Fantasy Football Awards. And we're gonna go through some of these, Mike, and let's start with the overall fantasy MVP. Do we circle back to the man we were just talking about in Pat Mahomes?
6: We do. Remember what we were just talking about is the future, right? Right now we're we're looking back. So the M V P of of twenty eighteen uh, certainly, uh, was Pat Mahomes. 417 fantasy points. That's 62 more than any other quarterback. He just oh. blew away the competition. I mean, you take away 100 of those points, he still would have been QB5. And really, the key with MVPs is his value, right? Uh, so he was QB13 in terms of ADP, the 105th uh, quarterback, or 105th player off the board on average overall this season i mean he just he just crushed it with a major value he was a league winner for sure
2: so we'll give him the overall mvp and i'm assuming the qb mvp as well what about at running yeah, back cuz this was an interesting year especially mike as as you know on Twitter, and I've gotten it myself too. People just in shambles from the start of the year. Le'Veon Bell taken first overall, and never played. David Johnson underwhelmed. Who's your MVP at running back for fantasy?
6: Yeah, I thought, look, I, I tried to look deeper, right? Looking for value picks like Mahomes. Uh, and I thought about James Conner. I thought mm-hmm. about James White. Both of those finished as top 10 fantasy running backs. But they kind of hurt you during the fantasy playoffs, right? Whether yeah. it was White losing reps to Rex Burkhead or, and Sony Michelle was back, or Connor, who was uh, out with the injury. So um, I went Christian McCaffrey here because he was available in the second round of most drafts. You could get him uh, even in the third round of some, especially earlier on in, in, the, uh, in draft season. But he finished number one in, in fantasy points through week 16 before he was rested in week 17. He was the number one fantasy running back. He finished RB 21 or better. Every single week during that span, just a massive, massively high floor and high ceiling. He was on the field for 91% of their offensive snaps, uh, including Week 17, where, again, he only played 10%. So uh, just a, a terrific season for McCaffrey. And, again, a guy who, if you took the plunge there in Round 2 or 3, uh, again, a league winner.
2: Well and I think a key point too Mike in looking ahead and 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 then back to what he did was he didn't rely on Cam Newton per se like Cam Newton couldn't not 100% or out of the line the guy still performed and that's so important when looking ahead right
6: Yeah no question I mean the volume is king in fantasy we know that and and when you're never when you never leave the field and the offense is run through you uh, you're going to have some serious production, but he was efficient too. Yeah, you know, there were some red flags as a rookie with his efficiency, and he took a big step forward in that regard as well. So, uh, good things, both short and long term, for McCaffrey here.
2: In conversation with ESPN fantasy football analyst Mike Clay on Twitter at Mike Clay NFL, let's go to tight end. And this was, I think, the most frustrating position in fantasy football. It's been a hiccup the last few years, but oh boy, Mike, you'll you look Gronk was a dud, and you just you, you could go down and, and you had not a lot of options. Once you got past, let's say, a Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey, and then the Gronk, who typically went healthy, he performs. He did not. Who gets your fantasy award for tight end?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely some disappointments, but uh, it, we had the big three, right, that yeah. really stood yeah. out as, as options here. So uh, had to make it tough, right, because you have Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz who sets a single-season tight end record for catches, you have Travis Kelsey, who uh, finished as the number one scoring fantasy tight end for the third year in a row. And then you have the guy who is my pick here, which is George Kittle, uh, and he set the all-time single-season record for receiving yardage in a single season. So the reason I went with Kittle uh, was he was the best value by far. Tight end 13 in terms of ADP. He was on average the 121st pick in ESPN Standard Leagues. Uh, again, he sets that record. And he, by the way, he also achieved this. He also achieved finishing... As a top three fantasy tight end and putting up that yardage record with a very much a weaker quarterback situation. Yeah. Like Kelsey who had Mahomes and Ertz who had, uh, Carson Wentz and, and Nick Foles, obviously not quite as good as Mahomes, but still uh, a much better situation than Jimmy G getting hurt early. And then you have DJ Bethard, uh, and then of course Nick Mullen. So, uh, Kittle I, gets, gets the award here, especially because he was available so late in draft.
2: I love that, and especially like you said, he did it with three different quarterbacks. Very impressive there. I want to get your your take here, Mike, on our Twitter poll at TSN Four Downs at AndyMC81, but put a, a fantasy twist on it because you can still play in DFS contests, DraftKings, or whatever. So when we're looking for this playoff run, which quarterback do you trust most? Let's And let's twist it to, to the fantasy side of things during these playoffs. And let's start with wild card weekend. Uh, which of these quarterbacks over this weekend do you trust most if you're playing in DFS? You got Andrew Locke, who, hey, he could be fantasy comeback player of the year. Deshaun Watson, you got Dak, you got Russell, you got Phil, Lamar, uh, Nick Foles, and Mitchell Trubisky. Which one are you slotting into your DFS lineup?
6: I like Watson the most, uh, especially because as of late, you've seen him scrambling more. Uh, and actually, more designed runs as well. I tweeted something about that the other day. Uh, his design runs are almost the same over the past month as they were the first three months of the season. So uh, he has picked it up in that regard. We've seen some more rushing touchdowns, especially against the Eagles. He he ran a couple in. Uh, so that's big for fantasy value, obviously. That, that'll raise his floor quite a bit. So in terms of, uh, yeah, trustworthiness, he's at home. Playing the Colts defense, that they've been good, probably better than expected. Though the schedule for them has been the easiest in the NFL. They've had an extremely uh, easy schedule. Has that defense? So I think Watson uh, is is in pretty good shape for a nice week here.
2: Well, it's going to be a fun weekend. And thanks for all your great work throughout this year, uh, Mike. And hey, next next fantasy football season will be here before we know it. Thank you so much. Anytime. Take care. All right, there he goes. ESPN fantasy football analyst Mike. Clay, we're going to step aside and switch to a draft prospect look and dive into the College Football National Championship Alabama versus Clemson and players to watch to come out in this year's NFL Draft. ESPN College Football insider, the great Phil Steele, joins me next on TSN 4 Downs. Welcome back to the NFL Wild Card edition of TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. We are delivered by Domino's, folks. Perfect football food, whether it's for NFL, whether it's for the National Championship College football playoff game. Go get yourself a large four-topping pizza, just $12.99. Check out all the specials, all the side dishes at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. We're going to have our full wildcard predictions in the next segment. But I wanted to take a look at the national championship and the bowl games overall and look ahead to some guys who are going to be the future stars in the National Football League. And there's absolutely nobody better to talk about that with than ESPN ins- insider Phil Steele. And this guy watches literally every play of every bowl game. Phil, Happy New Year. How are you?
7: I am doing great, Andy. How about yourself? Oh, Happy New Year!
2: Yes, I, I'm doing great. And and Phil, I got to say, one of the most entertaining parts of bowl season for me are just it, it's looking at the names of some of the bowl games. They've just become so <laughs> amazing. Like the Bad Boy Mowers Bowl. Like there's just like there's. So, do, do you have a favorite bowl name? Because <laughs> some of them are they're they're hilarious to me.
7: Yeah, I think you hit it right on the <laughs> head. The Gasparilla, Bad Boy yeah. Moores, <laughs> has to top all the other ones. Uh, remember when it used to just be the sugar, the yeah. peach, the cotton? And yep. now, uh You understand the sponsorship thing, but uh, sometimes the names get a little wacky.
2: Yeah, it gets a little nuts. But now, after all the bowl games, after all the season play, we're down to the national championship, and it's what many people predicted from day one, Alabama. Rank number one versus Clemson, number two. And these two teams, hey, this is three years in a row now. Alabama, four and a half point favorites, say, Vegas, and a 58 and a half uh, over under spread there. What are we expecting out of these two teams going toe to toe one more time? And I think the coaching battle is as interesting as what's on the field.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, in the magazine, I you know, I really went out on a limb. I had Alabama and Clemson playing for the national title. So,
2: <laughs> hey, you were right.
7: <laughs> uh, yeah, it worked out pretty good. But when I look at these two teams, I think we're going to have a great football game, Andy. Uh we've got, uh, you know, going to, you can't really go against Clemson. They're a team that's got a great defensive line. They've got a balanced offense with NT and a running back Trevor Lawrence at QB, a dangerous receivers with Higgins, Ross, Rodgers, and, uh, you know, they're a team that's not afraid of Alabama. Plus, when you look at Dabo Sweeney, uh, he's a guy that in bowls and playoffs combined since 2002, how about 8-1 and one straight up and against the spread. But. I think go against Alabama. You know, Alabama, I think, has got a couple of matchup advantages here. One would be the receivers against Clemson secondary. Clemson, twice this year, allowed over 400 yards passing. You got to think Tua will be able to handle that. And I give Tua a quarterback advantage over Trevor Lawrence. I think Lawrence a better NFL prospect. Okay. But Tua has been there, done that. He's played in that national championship game already. Trevor Lawrence, a true freshman. And then the special teams. I rate Alabama at the number 19 special teams, Clemson at number 112. So as far as the side on this game goes, I like Alabama to win, but I think it would be a close one. I, I think he'd be uh, dumb to bet against either of these two teams spread-wise. But uh, I'll go with the tied to win the game. Now, I'd probably lean a little bit with the over. I think okay. when, when you're playing these two defenses, they're both outstanding. Uh, and when you're playing defenses like that, you're not going to dominate and be able to just drive the ball 14, 15 plays down the field, score a touchdown, need up the clock. I think you're going to see some big plays here, and the big plays have me leaning just a little to the over. You know, my computer's got the game at 60, almost 58 and a half, so I think it's going to be a great game to watch, but uh, probably one of the weaker games of the season to wager on.
2: Yeah, because as you said, it's, it, it is it is going to be so close. Now, Phil, when we look at the college football playoff format, it's now the four teams, of course, the rankings. And I think if you, even if you had it, like 30 teams making the playoffs, somebody's always going to complain. So it, that doesn't necessarily mean on the amount. But as we've seen it over the past few years with the four-team format, do you think they have it right? Do we need six? Do we need eight? Do we need more to keep the conversation uh, alive for college football? Because as we know, more playoff games, that's more money.
7: Yeah, well, I I think they've got it right, Andy. And I'm probably a little prejudiced here because about 14 years ago in the magazine, I was tired, fed up with the BCS, and I Hmm. said, here is my perfect playoff system. I want a 14 playoff. I want one against four. I want two against three. And if you do that, you've got to three things. You keep the regular season as important as it has been forever. And college football's regular season is more important than any other sports regular season, college or pro. Uh, you get the legitimate best teams in the playoffs, and you avoid the attrition. You know, sometimes in the FCS playoffs, if you watch them, they're playing so many playoff games that it's not the best team that wins it. It's the team that stays the healthiest that wins it. They went through a three-game stretch in the FCS where they had the third-place team in a division from the Colonial Conference playing in the national title game two out of three years. I don't want to see that. I want to see the best teams. So you look at this year. You know, if you're screaming for expansion. We, we only needed two teams this year. We knew Alabama and Clemson were the best. Uh, why throw all those other games and, and teams in there? So I'm, I'm a four-team guy, and I'm going to stay a four-team guy.
2: So for those fans that are watching it or maybe pay the most attention to college football during the bowl season, well, we're looking at these two clubs, Clemson and Alabama, we know players don't, stay in college typically for the full senior run, not all the time anyway. Are there some prospects that either you think are going to come out or or should come out that we should be keeping an eye on? Because overall, from this draft class, it looks like the offensive and defensive line are two of the strongest groups.
7: Yeah, and your Clemson's entire defensive line will come out, all four starters. Wow. I mean, you're looking at all first. These were four guys that probably should have come out last year. They were all first or second round draft picks. They all opted to stay in. You know, you go to Alabama, there was a guy that wasn't very high on the radar at the start of the year, Quinton Williams. He's 6'4", 289. He might just be the best defensive lineman here, uh, and I think he definitely uh, comes out and, and will be one of the top defensive linemen for the draft. So I think when you're looking at the players on the two teams, the defensive line is where I would concentrate, Quinton Williams and then the entire front for Clemson.
2: In conversation with Phil Steele, ESPN insider, home of Phil Steele's college football preview, philsteele.com, and on Twitter at Steele 42 Now, Phil, let's go to the quarterback position, because that's always the sexy position when you come into the, the draft in college football. Who's gonna be the next great one? Overall, the thinking is this is a weaker quarterback draft class. And there's always someone who pops up, right? Like Carson Wentz, no one saw him coming a few years ago, and Josh Allen the other year. There are risers that that go through the process. But this year, to me anyway, I'm looking at Ohio State's Dwayne Haskins as maybe the the best pro-ready guy. And I thought, even when he was playing under Urban Meyer with the Buckeyes, that his style and his play was better suited to the pro game. What do you think on the quarterback position going into the draft?
7: Well, I think you hit it right on the head there, Andy. If there was one guy that was going to challenge Haskins to be the number one pick of the quarterbacks for this year's draft, it was Justin Herbert of Oregon. But Justin Herbert opted to stay in school. And by staying in school, I think he left it wide open. And, and really, when you do look at this quarterback class, it's not last year's quarterback. No. I mean, last year we had five legitimate uh, NFL guys that uh, probably will start for a long time for their teams. And we saw them all have good success in their first years as starters. You're not going to see that this year. Haskins is a guy, though. Uh, a lot of folks thought he was more of a mobile quarterback, but he's more of a pure pocket passer. He's got some mobility. got to love the size. you got to love the arm strength. And... You know, I'll State didn't have a very good run game this year. Haskins pretty much willed them to have one of the best offenses in the country with that arm. I think he does translate well to the NFL and will have a long... Long career in the NFL, so Haskins, to me, is head and shoulders above everybody else. If I was going to throw in a number two guy, it wouldn't be a Drew Locke of Missouri, who a lot of people have up there, because he's always struggled against better competition. But I'm going to throw out Daniel Jones. He impressed me in the bowl game. He's had an uneven career at Duke, but that was largely due to injuries. He's six four two twenty, 220, got a good arm, and I really came away impressed with him in the bowl game. So I would say he would come in as my number two guy.
2: And last one for you here, uh, Phil, when you take a look, you mentioned the rookie class of quarterback this year. And of course Baker Mayfield, just a sensation coming in, uh, and then you have Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Josh Rose and Lamar Jackson. Long term, if you're projecting just going forward, do you have a, and, and from what you know and saw about them in college, who do you think is is primed to have the best NFL career?
7: Well, the three guys that I would put at the top, uh, I I was impressed with Josh Allen. I don't know if he's going to have the overall great NFL career, and his was more running this year, so I'd put him three in the mix. And then it's between, for me, between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. And Sam Darnold was not overly impressive this year, but I still think he has the skill set you want out of an uh, NFL quarterback. Didn't have a great supporting cast. I think Baker Mayfield had a better supporting cast uh, but I would put uh, Sam Darnold right, probably at the top as the best overall. But Baker Mayfield surprised me this year. Got drafted by the Browns. I have to admit, I was a little disappointed the Browns didn't go with Sam Darnold. But Baker Mayfield really showed me something. It was, uh, you know, he doesn't have the, he's not as big as Darnold. Maybe doesn't have the arm strength, but uh, really showed uh, a lot to me this year. So I think it's between Darnold and Mayfield. And at this point, even though he didn't have that great first year, I'm going to go with Darnold.
2: All right. Well, Phil, great stuff. Tell people where they can find you, because you're all over the place for college football info, for prospect info, and, and everything. I know there's the Twitter, at PhilSteel042, but where can people find your great work?
7: I appreciate that. Yeah, the uh, You can go to at PhilSteel042 on Twitter, as you mentioned, and then PhilSteel.com is probably the best place to go when you go to PhilSteel.com. A lot of interesting things there. The Phil Steel Plus is really a great app. And then I do put out a weekly newsletter. You're, going to, you're talking NFL playoffs. Uh, we've got an instant weekly newsletter at insidethepressbox.com. That is insidethepressbox.com. And when you go there, if you type in the code word playoffs, you get a $10 discount on the rest of the uh, postseason there. So that's insidethepressbox.com.
2: Awesome. Phil, really appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the national championship. Let's do it again soon. Sounds great. A lot of fun talking football with you today, Andy. Absolutely. You too. There he goes. ESPN Insider, college football expert, Phil Steele. We're going to step aside when we come back. Oh, yeah. It is time, baby. NFL wildcard games. We'll break down each game, give our predictions of my fantasy football sleeper picks for your DraftKings contest coming up. And, hey, we'll take a look at the coaching head coach search update as well. We'll have to get to wrapping up TSN 4 Downs next on TSN 1050, TSN 1150. Back to wrap up NFL Wild Card Edition of TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening. On TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. If you missed any of this show, you got to go back and listen to what Phil Steele had to say, to what Mike Clay had to say. His fantasy football words is blowing up Twitter right now. My, my uh, notifications are off the charts. you got to check it out. And if you missed any of the show, you can go to iTunes, get it there, the tsn1050.ca show page, and I'll tweet it out from at AndyMC81 and at tsn 4 Downs. Also, hey, big congratulations. Last week we had our Custom Fantasy Rings Fantasy Football Championship Ring contest giveaway. Where you entered and the random draw and you won your own Fantasy Football Championship Ring custom-made. Tyler from Richmond Hill is the winner. So, Tyler, congratulations on that. And you can follow them on Twitter at footballringscustomfantasyrings.com. Check it out. If it's for your league or it's for yourself or whatever... It's cool. Like, that is something special where if you're with your buddies and you get a championship ring, those extra bragging rights, it is a cool look, and you can get it custom-made. So check it out, customfantasyrings.com, and on Twitter, at Football All right, we're down to man here, the TSN 4 Downs crew. Our technical producer, Aratus Vandy, is out with a back Injury producer Sean Lavery still in, so we're on. We, we, we got a man on the IR here, Sean, but uh, but Arad sent his picks in, right? He did send his picks in, but he did not send an
5: update on his back injury, so we don't know if he'll be ready for.
2: We don't know the if, next he's, round. if he's questionable, if he's doubtful. We're not sure yet. So should we start with Arad's picks then? You know what? Let's let's begin with yeah. Let's begin with Arad's picks. Do we have some NFL pick music here? We do because this is this is the oh. Oh, there you go.
5: So, so for Wild Card, wild weekend, card weekend, using the Lions courtesy of ESPN, Arad has the Texans as one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Colts. Okay, He has the Seahawks as two-point underdogs against the Cowboys. He has the Chargers as three-point underdogs at the Ravens. Yep, And
2: finally, he picked the Eagles, plus six-and-a-half at the Bears. Okay. So those are Arad's picks. And we want to hear from you, by the way. Send us your picks. At AndyMC81 at TSN4Downs. We're going to start Saturday's game, 435 Texans hosting the Colts. This one fascinating. The Colts red hot. But have had the easiest schedule, arguably, in the NFL. Texans at home, one and a half point. This is my well, I love this weekend. It's it's really a pick'em. Division rivals, they've played each other twice already this season, so they know each other well. You got quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, comeback player of the year, in my opinion, versus Deshaun Watson. Okay. Who do you have an edge to there? Uh, may, maybe a bit of a wash. Wide receiver advantage goes to the Texans. DeAndre Hopkins, 115 catches this year, folks. Like What a beast. What a monster. But Andrew Luck's done a nice job spreading it around. And T.Y. Hilton, if that ankle's okay, has scorched the Texans before. The difference to me comes down to the defense. And that's where Houston has a slight edge. So home field plus better defense. I'm going to give it by the Texans by a field goal. Or less. This is going to be a fun battle. Give me Houston. Sean, who do you got for your Houston Colts wildcard matchup?
5: I have the Colts, and more specifically, I have Andrew Luck in this game. I think, and the line, at one and a half, it's favorable, so it basically is to pick them. I'm picking the Colts to win outright, and as one and oh. a half
2: point underdogs, obviously, um, that mean, I'm picking Indianapolis. Indianapolis to take it outright. Okay, we move on. The late game Saturday, Seahawks-Cowboys. We talked about this in the first segment a little bit here, and... It, this comes down, again, to, I think, destination and quarterback play. This is in Dallas. The Cowboys are 7-1 at home. The Seahawks, different team away from Seattle, 4-4. and Both clubs look to be dead and gone at different times this year, but I'm going to give the edge to the Seattle Seahawks. I think quarterback-wise, Russell Wilson is better than Dak Prescott, and plus, you have Pete Carroll, and you got Danger Russell Wilson who have the Super Bowl experience. Cowboys, better wide receiving core. Seahawks run defense, average the chance is there that's a two-point favorite is the Dallas Cowboys but I pick Seattle start a Cinderella run and beat the Cowboys in Dallas give me the
5: road team I'm going Seahawks Sean I'm in the exact same boat as you here I'm taking the Seahawks I've never been a Dak Prescott guy myself and their offense just kind of seems like a one-trick pony Mm -hmm. with Zeke and so obviously you mentioned it Pete Carroll Russell Wilson it's hard to argue with their pedigree so I'll take the Seahawks as well
2: Seahawks now we go to Sunday Chargers-Ravens. Now, interesting thing here, these two clubs played three weeks ago. Ravens shut them down, and I know that very well, because it almost cost me my fantasy football season with Phil Rivers as my quarterback. But we pulled it out. Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I think long-term, fake. He's not going to be your franchise quarterback. You can't run that many times. Sean, you had a stat. It was, what, he averaged 17 carries a game, and if he did that over a whole season... Right, he would be second in carries behind Zeke Elliott. You can't do that. It's history, people. You can't keep doing that. But that doesn't matter for this week. Can they do it one more week? Chargers on the road. We know, hey, they don't necessarily travel well. Weather looks like it's supposed to be pretty good for January. 52 Fahrenheit and sunny. Chargers D is better. I think you use the formula that shut down the likes of Colin Kaepernick, which John Harbaugh is using his brother Jim's playbook for what worked with Kaepernick. Problem is, it's like four years old. People know how to pin that. Pin the edges Clog the middle. you got to stop Gus Edwards for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson up the middle. If you clog that center, you force Lamar Jackson to beat you with his arm. If you do that, and if you can get an early lead by the Chargers, you're going to beat the Ravens. I'm taking another road underdog. Give me the Chargers. Baltimore, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'll go with L.A.
5: So I agree with everything you have to say about Lamar Jackson, but... I have to go with the Ravens for this pick. And for this week, I don't know how much farther they'll get than that. A small factor, but you have to consider the Chargers internally on their body clocks. They're going to be playing at 10 a.m. West yeah. Coast time, and they're in Baltimore. That's and it's true. The weather, it's not bad, but it always is a factor in this game. And I think Lamar Jackson, like he's so exciting and so fun to watch, and maybe he has it in him for one more week, so I'll take the Ravens as two-and-a-half-point favorites at home.
2: And this is Phil Rivers' legacy on the line. This might be his last shot. 32 touchdowns this year, 4,300-plus yards. This might be his last shot at it. Can he pull it out? going to find out. And this, the 440 Sunday game. We got both these Sunday games here on TSN 1050 and TSN 1150, by the way. Eagles at Bears. Biggest spread of the week. Chicago. Six-and-a-half point favorites. Young Mitchell Trubisky rejuvenated, reformed with Matt Nagy, first-year head coach. I think that should be coach of the year with the job he's done. But you got the intangible. You got the magic of Nick Foles. Came in week 15, just like a year ago, and took the Eagles. Not just to the playoffs, but to the Super Bowl. This time, Less talented team, but he got them into the postseason when it looked like their year was done. 7-1 and Bears at home, 4-4 and Eagles on the road. There's no analytics, there's no stats that should lend itself to think that Philadelphia can pull it out, but guess what, folks? I'm going with the Foles magic upset, mega upset. That team believes in Nick Foles. It doesn't make sense. They shouldn't win. But they definitely cover the 6.5-point spread. Give me Philly. What this you is got, the Sean? only
5: line that really surprised me. I mean, I think yeah. you can make a case that every game this weekend is a pick'em, And Vegas reflects that in three out of their four lines. But this one's six and a half points. That's a lot. Just because of that, the six and a half, I have to take the Eagles. Yeah, That's th- I don't know if they'll win, but the six and a half, it's too much to pass up.
2: It's, it really is. It's a big spread there. And we'll keep you up to date. Nothing really new on the NHL or NFL head coaching search. We'll keep you up to date next week, of course. And we're, we're taking TSN four downs, folks, right through to the Super Bowl and beyond. So, we'll keep you up to date. You had all the firings on Black Monday. You had the eight firings, ten vacancies, and it's, it's going to be a crazy search. I want to get to... Couple of my sleeper picks. So if you're playing your your DraftKings contest, your DFS contest this week, just because the regular season is done in your fantasy football league doesn't mean it's over. I still got the, the the craving to play fantasy. So you can do like showdown contests, which are really cool. You can do the classic with all the the players mixed in with the salary cap, but the showdown DraftKings contests are interesting to me, and I love it because you have a captain. So you pick a player whose salary is one and a half times its regular. But then you get one and a half times the points. You go into it thinking, okay, do I pick the most expensive guy who's going to ball out or a sleeper at a lesser value who I think is going to pop? That's really interesting. So you can do showdown contests for all those at DraftKings.com. But my sleeper picks, which you can find at AndyMC81 and on the DK Playbook page, I really like these two. Austin Eckler of the Chargers because, now he's a little banged up, but he's going to play. Melvin Gordon, also with a, a bit of an ankle injury. And with Austin Eckler, didn't play the last time that the Chargers played the Ravens. If the LA can use the same strategy running back-wise that Kansas City did to beat Baltimore, that dynamic duel of Spencer Ware and Damian Williams, that's how they helped beat that Baltimore defense. And if you can put Eckler in, you can catch out of the backfield, still run between the tackles with Gordon, I think you got a chance. And he's going to do a great job. $4,400. The other one, Michael Gallup for the Cowboys. $3,600 on your DraftKings lineup. Never enough time, people. We will be back next week for the Divisional Round. For producer Sean Lavery, for Chris Devero. I'm Andy McNamara. This has been TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050, TSN 1150. Enjoy the games.